Hello and welcome to United by Calcio. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. This is our 10th episode. We are finally at episode 10, Robbie. We have made it. We are now in the 90, 90th percentile, right? Is that what it is? Let's go. That's right. Big episode. one zero. Up those ranks. Well, as you just figured out, that was Robbie. Um, one of your Yes, episodes. sir. And uh, my name is Christian. Thank you for joining us this week. Not much to really talk about in terms of recaps. Obviously, international break was going on. Uh, we would like to recap some of those games we covered towards the end of, uh, of last week's podcast, of course. The U.S. playing Trinidad twice. And then Italy playing uh, against Macedonia and Ukraine. Uh, Robbie will just start off with the U.S. game. Obviously, they make it through. They're in the semis now. But not without some sweat build up there, huh? Yeah, I mean, look, you win the first game three nothing, which is great, done and dusted. Like when you got it, when you saw these two games, you're not really like, oh yeah, I can't yeah. wait to watch USA play against Trinidad. It's right, just right. like, all right, go win these games, get exactly. on, get out, qualify for Copa America, qualify yeah. for the semifinals of Nations League. That's right. First game was exactly that. Yep. You got in, you struggled a little bit, but you ended mm-hmm. up getting there three nothing, fine. Second game is where all the drama happened, which it was in uh, Trinidad, obviously. That's just where all the drama for USA happens. Every um, time. Every time. Two to one scoreline. Same as last time. Um, and to Trinidad, of course. Dest with one of the funniest, dumbest red cards I've ever yeah. seen. Like dumbest from like a player, like what are you doing mm-hmm. standpoint. Um just like you don't punt the ball no. and then you don't yell at no, the ref after you punt the ball. Cause as soon as you punt the ball, that's a yellow. Yep. And the, as then you start talking to the ref like negatively, like, yeah, this guy is sending you off immediately. Exactly. Like he even no gave way. him like a slight warning, but like yep. Des didn't even let him give the warning. He just no. kept going. And then he like, he, he like started covering his mouth so <laughs> that like, it, what are you going to say? That's like, Everything you're saying right now, he is hearing, and it's yep. it's irrelevant. Like yeah. you're you're going, it you're out of here. Um, yeah. Once that happened, it changed everything. They were up one to nothing, cruising. They looked good. Yeah. Like thought you were easily going to get a win, probably by multiple goals. And as soon as that happened, boom, Trinidad scores. Boom, they score again on a howler by Turner, and it's just. Yeah, I mean, they advanced. It's like, great. But, like, you're left with more questions. If you are supposedly as good as everyone talks about, like, themselves, like USA, like, they talk about USA being a good team that can potentially win a World Cup soon or eventually, you don't care where you play. You go to anywhere. CONCACAF World Games have been a nightmare for Greg and USA. Yeah. Exactly, And you go there, you win, Mm -hmm. you play your game, and there's no ifs and buts. It's just, that has been an issue lately. Of course. It seems like they're not, well, they aren't getting the results that they need on the road in Kong. Absolutely not. And it doesn't matter where you play. It's, you are a better team, so go play your game, be better, and Mm -hmm. dictate play, and Mm -hmm. win. At the end of the day, a lot of times this team has not done that. I mean, you totally nailed it. It shouldn't matter where they play. This team is a is a better team than Trinidad, and going there shouldn't just somehow rattle them to the point 
where they lose 2-1. There's just no excuse. Yeah, it is rough playing on the road. Of course it is. But this team is still playing the same Trinidad and Tobago team, is it not? I mean, it's not like they just changed players and that they brought in their A team. This is the same team, pretty much. Yes, you're in foreign territory. Fantastic. You've, you've got to do that against the best of the best. What, what are we going to do next summer when we're playing in the Copa America uh, against some of the best in, in the, the Americas? What, are we just going to mail it in when you go into Brazil or South America to play, what, Argentina? Well, in at least that that competition at least will be in the U.S. Well, that but will, yes, yeah. I, I understand, like, in future Copa Americas, assuming USA continues to play right. in them, um, yeah, eventually you're going to have to go to a US, uh, Brazil or Argentina. Right. Like, Colombia, Peru, any of those teams. Like, exactly. They're going to smash you on the road. Exactly. If this is the type of way you play. That's right. We, we can't play like this. So, so, I mean, we mind you, the talent is there. It's not like we don't have talent, right? There is talent, especially in that midfield. Uh, every time I, I watch, and I love Gio Reyna's positioning right now. I, I love him being put in that uh, role behind the striker. I think it's fantastic. I what agree. an amazing choice, tactically. Because he is just thriving in that position. I mean, his... His play, I think, has, ele- has been elevated even more, which uh, I just can't wait to see what more comes of that. But there's not a lack of talent. There's just a lack of tenacity, the mentality, the toughness to get through these games. Like, when you're desk, you know where you're playing. You know you're not going to get the same calls. Yeah, you might have gotten roughed up, but you're also, like, you're just not going to get those calls. You're not playing in the U.S. Like, yeah, you, you and he... He's got to know that CONCACAF away games, the refs are going to be way more lenient. Like there Absolutely. were some bad fouls that you're just like, wow, that's a yes. yellow anywhere in the world. Yep. But it's like once you see that not called, you yep. know, okay, this is going to be a really annoying, scrappy exactly. game. And when you get that one nothing lead, mm-hmm. you know, okay, now Trinidad have to score five past us. Yes, they do. Just to get through. That's like, right. They're not going to do that. So... Let's keep our heads, mm-hmm. play our game, yep, and don't worry about not getting calls, getting calls. I mean, he got thrown up out of the game on a ball that just went out of bounds, right? Like he was just so boiled over about mm-hmm. it not going over and then not getting an earlier foul call on him, right? And that's what cost him. Like, keep your head. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's not like a coach thing. It's just like a no. player thing. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. You're like. You are a professional footballer. Yep. Be better. That's it. Just be better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and also right after having such a, uh, what I thought was a spectacular assist, he did a great job with that cross in. He gave Anthony Robinson the, the perfect opportunity and he, he took it. I mean, it was, it, was, it was great. And then he goes and screws it up with that. It's like, okay, great. You had this highlight, this great moment, and now you go and do that. You totally just overshadowed everything. You left your teammates in a lurch and your coach can't do much of anything at this point. But let's not forget that. Like, I I think it's important to note the team's reaction is just as important after this kind of stuff happens and on the field. Honestly, I've seen many games where this kind of thing happens and you see the players completely wrong and you don't see as their teammates really honestly calling them out at all. In this instance, you saw Tim Ream, you saw uh, Matt Turner, 
many other players constantly just essentially telling him, get the hell off the pitch. And honestly, that's right. When you do something that stupid, there's no holding back. You just screwed us over. We're playing as a team, and you just literally got us, what, one man down for the rest of the game? Yeah, and Tim Ream summed it up great after the game. Like, he was still boiling about it. Like, it's so disrespectful it is. to not only the people who aren't playing that you're right. starting over, to your teammates who are trying to qualify with you, exactly. to your coaching staff, to your fans, like the people who've worn the badge before you. Yep. Like, it's just so disrespectful to be like so careless. It is. Like people would die to be in that spot. Yes, they and would. And you're just crying about a ball going out of bounds. Yep. Like, come on. Be better. Absolutely, man. Um, that, that's a great way to cap that off. Uh, I think there's not much else to be said about that. The U.S. makes it through, so that's all we can ask for. On to the semis it is. Hopefully they uh, figure out the things that have gone wrong and make a plan to counter some of those issues. Because if they don't, uh, it could become an ugly competition. But I think the U.S. is still, you know, we're, I think that we're still talking about them as being the front runners in this competition. Like, there's no reason to think that they, they're not the favorites, right? I agree. Yeah. Now, with that, talking about favorites, uh, which this team has not exactly been favorites of much of anything for a little while, um, Italy. They make it. They qualified. 2024, here they come. Pretty amazing. Yeah. They can defend their title. Will That's they? Right. Probably not, but maybe. They have the players to do it. That is yeah. the least. That's what, at least what you can say. Right. And they have a good coach that probably can do it. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're just... Uh... Your hope is going down every sentence you say. You're just like... Well, then I was like, well, Spalletti, you know, he is a good coach. I believe that. Yeah. However, he's not a notorious winner. No, no. So last year was his first real, like, big moment. Yeah. So can he keep that momentum, or will he go back to that top four master that he always was? Um, I mean, well, we shall see. So we'll see. You know, they, they definitely came alive against North Macedonia. Like, so you do have to give it to them there. They woke up. They realized they were playing uh, North Macedonia and they're Italy and they need to do better against those teams. And they, they woke up, Chiesa scored. I think that's what Dodi scored. Um, your boy Di Marco had a good game, um, obviously, because, you know, it's Di Marco. This guy's on fire. Best. It's great. He's the best. When you consider the way that they were playing, I, I think it, it was a good game for it. But then again, there's always that concern. Then you've got a team like Ukraine, and granted, they were, you know, parking the bus, so to speak. But still, a team like Ukraine is better than your Macedonias of the world, more talented. And they just, they didn't look very convincing, right? They didn't look very convincing. And this is always what I sort of worry about when it comes to Italy. They, they sort of put up these awesome performance, uh, performances against the lesser opponents at times, and they disappear against an England. And you sort of just sit there and wonder, okay, well, England just dismantled you. What are you going to do about that? 
to be fair, England is a lot better of a team than Italy. No offense to Italy. That's fair. It's just That's like fair. England has many world-class players. They might not have a world-class manager. Yeah. Or their defense might be a little suspect, but their play like Jude Bellingham yeah, is I mean, one of the best players in the world right now. Harry Kane is one of the best strikers in the world. Like compile Trent is an elite ball playing player. I'm not they played him at CDM <laughs> the other day, so like that's great. Yeah. The way you avoid him. Like yeah, because he's a horrific right back. <laughs> he, he, he is horrific defensively. <laughs> I will admit that, but he's he is a very good yeah. Ball striker, ball yeah, player, is. like however you want to say it. <laughs> ball He's striker, ball player. Category. Um, but yeah, I mean, for Italy, it was all about surviving and advancing. That yes, absolutely. Goal number one, and that's what they got. That's now, right. granted, Ukraine has every right to be irate after this game. Yeah, Because probably. for me, that's a pen in the 94th minute. And then once that gets called, if they score it, assuming they do, that's it. Game's done and dusted, and Italy are going to the playoffs yep. again. Yep. So, like, the ref bailed him out because for me, yes, that's a pen. Like, Mudrick beats his guy. Mm-hmm. He, the defender gets no ball. Yep. There is contact and goes down. Like, I just can't believe that in this day and age, even if that would have been on the softer side of yeah. penalties. Right. That it isn't called because I've seen so many pens called for less. Like, no, I agree. Especially in the VAR age. It just feels like I can't believe he didn't even go to the monitor just to get another look. Yep. Even if it's not like a, like, oh, hey, come to the monitor so we can have you see it again. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, or I mean, to overturn it, like as in suggested, just go to the monitor, yep. look at it in full speed, mm-hmm. in slow, whatever you want. Like, however you prefer yeah, and then make sure you're making the right decision because then Absolutely. like that's what we want at the end of the day, VAR is there to get the correct decision. That's that right. is it. Like it's not to be biased or whatever. Like no. I get it. Like that would have been a very harsh, unlucky way to lose if you're Italy, but mm-hmm. they were asking for it. They were, like, you, that's what happens when you park the bus. For the final 30 minutes. Yeah. You're just parking the bus. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, all right, like we're just Ben don't break right now. Like we're we're locked in. Like, yeah. They could have gotten a goal or two to cushion early. They didn't. And then once it was zero zero, sixtieth minute rolled around, seventieth minute ho- rolled around. You just kinda every time Ukraine attacked, you're like, ooh, all right, oh boy, here we go. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> just the heart rate was going up and up and up and up, almost exploding, especially when Mudrick went down. <laughs> I mean and then relief. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um that it's a risky game you play, right? When you play that kind of uh ball, I suppose. Uh but you decide to play quote unquote defensively for the rest of the game like that you're risking those uh, those kinds of uh, moments you know uh as far as VR, var is concerned var has had a bit of a rough uh season so far uh internationally speaking i mean it's it's hard to it's hard to really contextualize all of this because human error is still, I mean, there's still humans involved in the process, right? So even in, even a VAR, it's a human being. They can still make a mistake, even with the monitor. It doesn't, however, help 
when there's three VAR officials, right? And they are all apparently blind and can't figure out a very basic thing. It, 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 it looks very, very bad. It, if you're the kind of person that's going to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, boy, you're, you're just being fed energy right there. You're just being essentially told, watch this. Like, we'll give you something to talk about. And it's hard as a fan to look at that and say, mind you, I love this Italian national team. Like they're, they're fantastic. I, I couldn't, I don't really care much for the Ukrainian national team, but nonetheless, I could see where if I was a Ukrainian fan, I'd be pissed right now. And VAR has done this repeatedly this season in the premier league and said, ah, this has happened a lot where you're watching these kinds of calls happen where you're sitting like, there are three people watching this, right? There's like multiple angles, every possible screenshot you can get. And you're telling me they didn't see the same thing that I'm seeing on my crappy TV? Really? Yep. How does that work? <laughs> How does that work? Welcome to footy 2023. Yeah. So very, very bizarre stuff. But with that, Italy's through. On to the Euros. So what? Controversy aside, it's fine. They'll win the Euros. People complain that they only won it because of this controversy anyways. There's always a reason why Italy <laughs> wins it. They never win it because they're good. They win it because of, you know, uh, something. Other reason, you know, because Buffon's crying according to you or something like that, you know? Hey, that was that was an Juventus moment that I was talking about Listen. pre-show. Listen. And he just, was crying. Just for context, Robbie does not like Buffon at all. Just for context for everyone. That's true. But that's a rant for another day because that could be an hour. That's fair. Yeah, it'll be an entire different episode. But we'll just title that Robbie's Epic Rant, the Buffon edition. Yeah, we'll throw him in, Lukaku, (laughs) Christian Ronaldo. Of course. It works. Yeah. I like where you're thinking. I like where you're thinking. Uh, Now, with with that, let's not get too far into that rant. huh? Um, With that... Let's jump into this coming week, round 13 of Serie uh, A action. There's some exciting games this week, huh? Some nail biters. Could be good. But start off with uh, Napoli Atalanta. Seems like a good matchup. Yeah. I Which mean, version of Napoli will we get? Sides. That's a good question. I mean, new coach, new Napoli, maybe. You never maybe. know. You never know. I mean, we'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, they're going to be home. To Atalanta. So, like, yeah. Again, Napoli and Atalanta, fourth and fifth place. That's right. Um, Napoli surprisingly haven't been that great at home. They're two, one, and three. Atalanta are three, one, and three at, on the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Atalanta have been pretty inconsistent. Napoli have been pretty inconsistent. Yeah. But we know the peak of Napoli. Mm hmm. So if they can get anywhere close to that, they should start winning some games and then start creating separation for the top four. Agreed. Which this is the game that you start to create that separation with. Uh, talking about this Atalanta-Napoli game, uh, I definitely expect Napoli to come in uh, with a bit more energy. New manager, new Napoli, like you said. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to thrash at- Atalanta, but I think it's going to be like a 1-0 kind of game. Uh, where they sort of just get just enough in there and maybe they sort of revitalize themselves. But whether they win or lose, I I don't know if this is going to sort of make or break their season. 
No, I like we've said prior. The make or break moments are not really necessarily when the big teams clash. It's right. really can you get the results against the lower teams? Exactly. Um, like for me, I think Napoli wins this game two to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a podcast special scoreline. <laughs> um, both teams just can score goals at will. And yeah, they can. Their defenses have been okay. They haven't been great. They're both basically averaging a goal a game allowed. Yeah. Um, but also both almost averaging two goals a game. So two to one. There you go. Perfect. Just yeah. I'm picking Napoli to get the two. I appreciate um, you uh saying two to one. I really Yeah, do. you know, podcast special. You're special. Um not a Juventus special though. Um <laughs> no, unfortunately. But but yeah, I mean yeah. it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how they come out. Um no Osman, of course, but Raspadori's been in fine form. Mm-hmm. I imagine he will be the one who gets the nod um, with Kavara and Politano, mm-hmm. which that front three, even without Osman, is yeah. scary as heck. Oh, of course. Hey. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no no reason why um, they, they can't pull this off. Uh, the reason, only reason I say 1-0 is just because this Atlanta team has been a little um, off this season, shall we say. Uh, they've not exactly been themselves. So it's kind of uh, kind of feels like Napoli coming back, new manager. There's always that little bit of extra momentum when you're switching managers, right? New manager always has a bit of a, um, creates a bit of a rush forward. So I'm thinking with that momentum, they'll, they'll, they'll get to one. But I, I don't know, without without awesome, and they, they do, they're missing a pretty huge uh, offensive uh, uh component there so uh with that my prediction one zero your prediction two one we'll see what happens and uh moving on to the next game we shall cover and that is milan fiorentina what are we making of this game huh it's an all vibes game and really it's more just like a fiorentina every time fiorentina plays it's an all vibes game yeah they're just all vibes it's great um yeah um Pulisic's hurt, so yes, he is. He won't be playing, um, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, I don't know how long he actually is out for. Ah, he's listed as doubtful. Okay, um, but yeah, um, Milan at home. You know, you just drop points to Lecce and Udinese in the league. That's right. Four games straight, they've dropped points in the mm-hmm. league. Um, this just feels like a game you gotta get back on track. Oh, absolutely. Like, Four games ago, mm-hmm. you were in the Scudetto conversation. That's right. And now you're eight points back of your town in-town rivals. Yeah. Um, doesn't look good. So, not great. No. Um, also, they're missing Giroud for this game, too. He's suspended for the uh, yes. red card. Yep. So, that's pretty key miss uh, there. Yeah, so that's... I mean... It's a tough one. Not ideal. I no. You at least have the break where you can kind of set yourself right, like... Yeah. Pioli can get his guys down, like get his tactics right. You haven't had a midweek fixture that kind of boggles up your schedule. Right. Like, you've had two weeks now. Focus up and I'll have him drop points one one. <laughs> Fair enough. Um that honestly, I could see that happening. However, I'm gonna go with a podcast special on this one. Two one, Fiorentina. 
Fiorentina, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think they've got the momentum. I mean, you look at their last five games, I think they're they're playing far better in that five-game stretch than Milan are. Milan are all over the place. They win against PSG, but they lose to Udinese. Then they get slaughtered by PSG before that, tie and uh, tie with uh, Napoli and Lecce. Uh, you know, that, that was a pretty bizarre game as well against Lecce, so let's not forget that. This Milan team is kind of looking like they're all over the place at this point. Um, they're not exactly inspiring confidence, but... I, I just see this game being tight. I, I don't, I don't, Fiorentina has also been off. They're not exactly uh, playing all vibes football as of late. Um, until what? We're talking the last game where they played all vibes was 6 0 against Trukarički, right? I believe that's a Serbian football club. Yes. Uh, since then, it's been 1 0 loss to Lazio, 1 0 loss to Juve. And then 1-0 win against Trukarički again. And then 2-1 against Bologna. Now, you know, they won, so you got to give it to them. But they've not exactly been all-out, like, you know, smash-mouth type uh, games. Yeah, they've definitely toned it down a bit, um, which is good. We, we've been begging them to do that. Um, yes. That's what, hey, My prediction was 1-1. So, I mean, it is all vibey, but not, not that scoreline. Um, no, no, no. Right. But yeah, it's more it's more just has to do with Milan. Just they're struggling. Exactly. I'm not convinced that they'll just be fine. Um good teams would be fine in this spot. Like, yes, they would. Good teams and title contenders. Absolutely. Bounce back after breaks, especially if you're competing every year, every uh mm-hmm. um like week, like with a midweek fixture and a weekend mm-hmm. fixture. That adds up. So when you get this week and a half break, even though some players go on the, like it, like there was of course Italian players and American players and mm-hmm. et cetera, um, that are on these teams, like it's still a crucial break because yeah. training sessions aren't as hard. Like that's right. You might travel right. a little bit more, but it's just like it's not as day in grind, and you get a nice slight break. Um, is different tactics. It's change of scene, change yeah. of scenery. Absolutely. And I just think Fiorentina are able to deal with that. They'll have less players from break. Mm-hmm. They'll have a much more relaxed break than some of the Milan guys. Yeah. And Milan are missing too much up top. No, they are agreed. There's uh there's just, and, and this team is not well balanced right now. Uh, it's not well balanced. It's a great, the depth is not great. I mean, and and I don't think Jovic is going to uh, be, <laughs> you know, subbing in properly for Giroud anytime soon. But with no. that, with that bit of news, well, I don't know if I'd call it news, Milan being weird lately. But anyways, uh, with that, let's cover what's probably the the game for the week, right? I mean, these are the two head honchos of this league. Back and forth, back and forth, swapping places over and over again. Juve Inter. This is the it. one we've all been waiting for. That's right. Tell us more, Robbie. What what are we expecting here? What are we gonna see? I mean, it's really a tale of two teams. Yes. One's I guess both are extremely defensive. They both have the best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Juve's let up six goals. 
or sorry, seven goals inter six. Like no one else, everyone else has double digits already. That's right. Um, Juve have won five straight, unbeaten in seven. Inter mm-hmm. have won six straight, unbeaten in nine. Right. Like, that's all comps. Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting. It's exciting. It's a big game. Top mm-hmm. two teams in the league. Like this is what we want the Derby d'Italia to be Absolutely. every year. It's great. It's exactly what we want. Um, both teams coming in high and mighty. Mm-hmm. Um, Bastoni got hurt, so he will be out for this game and against It'll Benfica be for Inter. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm and excited is as an Inter fan, though, right? Is he? Yeah, yeah I know he had a kid, but that's why he missed the turkey. He had a kid. Aha, if that's really that, that is uh, not no. ideal. That no, changes no, everything. If that's yeah. that's yeah. true. No, it does. I mean, uh, I'm not sure. It's not certain yet, but it does say that he's listed as doubtful at this point because of the flu. So, you know, take oh. that to mean whatever. But with that, this should be a pretty good game. I, I think regardless of you know who's on the field and who's not. And Juve are missing. Tim- Timothy Weah is definitely out. Uh, he's coming back apparently sometime in December. Uh, Locatelli's out. Also, the rib issue, which sent him packing from the Italy camp. And so we're running a little thin right now, uh, just to say the very least. And we're, we're sort of running out of midfielders to uh, field. Definitely no pun intended there. But <laughs> it's kind of a bizarre game because I could see this game ending up 1-0 Juve. But if things go right, like... I would like to say 1-0 Juve would be my prediction. But I would like to sort of put an asterisk next to that prediction saying we would need a lot of things to go right because if there's an injury during the game to our midfield, we're, we're screwed. There's, there's, I, how do we, work? we, we don't have enough midfielders on the roster that are not you know injured. So I'm going to say 1-0 with that sort of asterisk. I will, I get that. I can totally see it ending one nothing. I mean, it's just like Juventus have played Inter well lately. It's just, it feels like no matter how good or bad Juventus are, they play Inter really well. You can throw out the records and form and all that. Absolutely. Um, Last year in Serie A, they won 2-0 and Mm 1-0 in the games. That's right. So, and Inter had a very good, solid season. Um, and then, I mean, of course that was in the league and not Copa Italia into one, one, nothing. And then drew one, one. Um, but it just felt like whenever they played Juventus were very solid defensively yeah, and were able to frustrate the inter forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that probably happens again. It's probably similar. It's not going to oh, be yeah. high school. That's for sure. Um, I'd be one, one. Is my prediction one one in turn? Yeah. If Hakan is out, I would say a one nothing Juventus win. However, I don't think yeah, I think his doubtfulness was only because he had a kid this week. Okay, and that's well. And I did see the alert saying he had the flu, but that was only on Fought Mob. Um, I couldn't so find any news outside outside yeah. that. Um, I mean, 
realistically, I want everybody, every key player. The the the, the really great Juve Inter games are the ones where you've got all of the stars on the field, and you just let them play it out because there have been some great games over the years, some really really great games. What is your favorite Inter Juve game ever? You know, uh, ever uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I will say one of the recent favorite ones and this was a tough one because uh you know we lost but the 4-2 loss in the Coppa Italia that was a good game good game overall I mean you can't knock the action in that game we lost not fun but still you can't knock the action uh there have been a few games as of the last few years where it's just been back and forth was it last year actually was it last year or I forget what it was I think it was last, last year, year it's 2-0 and 1-0 in the league Juve one zero Inter and one one. Yeah, so I think it was just this uh, this uh, this four two Inter game. Yeah, so I remember that game just being wild, uh, just absolutely wild. It's just entertaining. It's like yeah, you know, not fun losing. wasn't great. Like the scenes and winning uh, made me want to crawl my skin uh, off my body. But it's all right. Um, I'll move on from that. <laughs> um, it was just an entertaining game. Uh, that's all you can ask for as a fan at the end of the day. Uh, you just want to turn on the the TV and you want to see two teams that are considered to be the best in Italy duking it out and actually showing us why they're the best, right? You want to see that high quality football. I agree. What about you? What's your what, what's one of your favorite games? My favorite game is the 2-0 win for Inter in the Scudetto season. Um, with Vidal scoring the first and Barella scoring the second. Yeah. That was the moment Mm -hmm. in, I think the game was in January, that I was like, oh, this Scudetto is like really a possibility. Because prior to that, Juventus had won nine straight. So like, yeah, the hopes of just winning the Scudetto were just down. They were very down. There weren't a lot of happy moments. It was just like, that moment Bastoni feeding it over the top and Barella smashing it in, mm-hmm. that was the moment like, wow, that these boys might actually be able to do this. It was like the passing of the torch was that moment. Um, so I'll remember that goal forever for the rest of my life, just watching that ball sail over the top, Barella run onto it and just smash it into the top corner. It was beautiful. I mean, I, I, I'm getting chills just talking about it. it. <laughs> I, that, was, that was the end of the streak. That was it. That was that was the end of the or the beginning of the end there for Juve. And uh, well, unfortunately, you know that came via that the form of Inter. But uh, again, I you know as much as I love Juve, I also liked seeing Serie A getting better and becoming more competitive. And there's no such thing as a good league that has one dominant team. Just not 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 a thing that exists. Doesn't work that way. Fair. You know? Like the Bundesliga. At what point are we gonna start talking about it just not, you know? I mean Premier League being what? The Premier League? I mean <laughs> let's not even go down that <laughs> one, because boy, I mean, we could talk about that for a city? while. <laughs> yeah, the, the Premier League I mean, is uh, no no, I mean, but come on, uh let, let's let's give it to the prem heads. Uh, there's really Man City, and then there's everybody else. Yeah, 
That, yeah. Historically, the Premier League has always been this way, where one team runs. Like, they always, like, United in SAF days. Like, that team was a wagon. No yeah. one really touched them for a while. Right. And they go on runs. Same, I mean, yeah. Obviously, Bundesliga is different this year, like, this, like, cycle. Bayern's really, like, just not letting anyone touch the league. No, Same no, with PSG not. in France. Um, but it, I agree for Serie A, it is very good that we have this constant battle at the top. Hopefully a rotation. I mean, for me, I would love if Inter just won all the time. But it also, like, makes you value the... Yeah, trophy the Scudetto more. Of course, when you don't win it every year. Yeah, like I'm sure Absolutely. by the ninth year, Juventus fans were just like, "Eh, you know, we won it. It was a formality." Which, like, I mean, I'd love to yeah. be there. Like that ninth year, like, oh my, <laughs> <laughs> like, geez, um, it was nice. It was nice. They were always like, "Oh no, we're here. We're buying Cristiano Ronaldo to win the Champions League, like not yeah. to win the Scudetto." Like, right. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, is it nice? Of course it is. I mean, I, what what kind of a fan would I be if I said, nah, sure. actually, I could give some of those uh, trophies back. Like, no, they, they were great. But it does of sort of become, you start to think about it from a perspective of, is your league competitive? It does impact your mm -hmm. team at the end of the day. It, it always will. Because no matter how good you are, there's always going to be that question or those questions, right, of, well, of course you're that good. You're you're the best team in that league by far. There's always that lack of competitiveness that hangs over you, and that you, you can't be a great soccer team that way. But with that, I am looking forward to this matchup. This is uh, something I've had on my calendar. Looking forward to it. I am just incapable of waiting. Sunday cannot come soon enough for 245 this 2.45 Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. So good. So good. And then, uh, well, let's also uh, just not forget to mention that, Robbie, if Inter loses, okay, we're going to be in first place. Yes, yes, okay. I know. No, but that's just, not going to happen. Oh, I don't have will. to worry about that. Oh, but it will. Oh, but it will. It's all right. Oh, I don't worry about it. this game. I'll be so happy. <laughs> I, need, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, with that said, you know, before this gets contentious, uh, let's talk about uh, just the 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 Rome clubs. All right, well, we'll talk about these two capital clubs of Italy, Lazio and Roma, and I just want to talk about them sort of in a combined manner because obviously they've had a confounding season. We've talked at length about our dissatisfaction with the way that they play. Roma is playing Udinese at home. They should have this game in the bag. And Lazio is playing Salernitana away. But it's hard to see why Team like Lazio could lose to Salernitana, right? Or should lose. Yet, I've got this nagging feeling that they could. I don't know. This, for me, is a get-right game. You've had the break. And it's for both teams. I mean, granted, Roma right. have been on the up. Granted, they drew yeah. against Lazio, but they're in seventh, like a win away from fourth. If like Atalanta beats Napoli, all of a sudden Roma are 
tied with Napoli on a win. That's right. So, like, all of a sudden, you're starting to get there. Yeah. Um, it's a get-right week for both clubs. Lazio win. They should. They'll get 20 points. Roma win. They'll be at 21. Like, all of a sudden, you're right back in that top five, six conversation again. That's right. Um, which is surprising because a month ago, it didn't really look that way, at least no, from a not. Roma uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me, I don't think either of these games are close. Yeah, Salernitana on the road. Like, it's not easy to have road games, but these are games right. you win. If you want to be yeah, in yeah. the top Absolutely. five, six, you need to win these games. Mm-hmm. And I think both will. Okay, well, let's hear some predictions. What, what's your prediction here? Uh, Lazio, 2-0. Mm-hmm. Roma, 4-1. Those are good score lines. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with you on uh, on, on the Roma. Um, heck, I'll, I'll go and, and just go crazy on this one. I'll, I'll say three zero. Um, they shut out Udinese totally crazy there. I know. Uh, Udinese is just horrible. I, I have nothing to, you know, they, they're just playing like, like they want to be relegated. They're, they're playing like they want to see what Serie B is like, which I, I want to tell them right now. It's not good. You don't want to go there. Even, even Serie B doesn't want to be in Serie B. <laughs> no. It's, it's not good. Just don't do it. But anyways, without a side, yes, three zero Roma. Uh, they they have the momentum. They should. And Lukaku, mind you, had a heck of a game for himself. Granted, against a minnow, but whatever. I'll just give it to him. He's the best striker in the world, according to him. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, he should score another fifteen goals in this first half. Maybe um, he'll let his play talk and whatnot. So with that. 3-0 Roma, and then Lazio. I'd say 2-1 Lazio. Pod special. 2-1 Lazio. They still win. But with uh, with all that done and dusted, we are now done with our predictions for this coming week. Now, we will see you back here next Wednesday for a recap and prediction of week 14, of course, per usual. But in the meantime... Happy Thanksgiving to all the American listeners. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, that's right. Can you believe it's here? Can you believe it's no. that time? Yeah. We've already recorded 10 episodes now. I know. We are finito. I mean, this is this is crazy. And this is probably the shortest episode we've had thus far. So, wow. It feels weird. Under an hour. We did a great job. Thank you, you know for what? listening. Follow, that's like, great. share, subscribe. You know, and of course, hey, uh, at the end of it, by the time <laughs> we record next, one of our teams will be top of the table. That yes. is true. And it will be Inter. And oh my God, of course. if you take one it. thing away from this podcast, I you say it every time. It. All I care about is as long wow. as you're with me. Say it with wow. me, everybody. Don't Forza. Do I'm going to mute you. I'm just going to mute you. I'm just going to just hit mute <laughs> button on here. I'm just going to admit. No more talking for you. Rick Flair. Just don't disregard him. Disregard him. This is a this is a Juve type of league. Let's be serious. This this league's calling our name. They want us back at the top. They know who the team of this league is. We are Inter. that team. 
We are that. No, 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 no. Disagree. <laughs> uh, there's only one team that owns this league, and it's called, uh, well, Juve. Forza Juve. Fino alla fine. Just please do anything but watch Inter. Just avoid them all season. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao.